With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Net. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Two Miller and Condon, five minutes after the hour of 11 on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. We take you until noon towards the bottom of the hour. We'll hear from John Bowen Camp, HawkeyeNation.com. We'll get the latest on the Hawks and the big Dodger fans will pick his brain as the Dodgers close that series. Uh, now they're down two games to one. They'll be playing there the late game today. Let's get Chris Connolly. The news broke yesterday that Des Moines is back in the rotation. For right the, after we went off the air. Right That's after always. we went off the air. But, uh, well, we get our fair share of we things do, in yes. the 10 to noon slot. But regardless of when it was made, we're glad it was. It's 2023 when it will be here. And it's back in Des Moines. And Chris Connolly, that is a huge feather. And you and your staff and Drake, uh, who's once again... Uh, sponsoring this uh, huge 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 news chris Conley, congratulations thank you so much guys and thanks for having me on great news across the board uh and in a year where it's been been pretty rough um it's really nice to have and you know just in one week knowing that we'll have the ncaa basketball returning and guys i don't know if you know this but this is two times in a row now that we put a bid in and got it in that first year of a four-year bid cycle. So, listen, we'll never take it for granted. Uh, heavy, heavy, stiff competition uh, in the Midwest. And, you know, we just feel honored. We really do. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously they're paying attention to how you and your team have pulled this off uh, the two previous times that it's been here. Trent and I talked about at the top of the show, Chris. You never stop learning, obviously, that uh, the NCAA has – you're checking all the boxes – that they want to, and they're eager to come back here. So what what did, what did you learn last time? What we saw on the outside was flawless. Yep, the very first time it was here, the first day of the tournament, you had that concession problem, right? With, But you, you corrected that in time for the second day of the tournament. Uh, what we saw last year was flawless. Uh, what did you take away from that? What can you do better uh, than you did yeah. last year? You know? You know, Kenny, they're, they're all good points, and I, I think that we felt really, really good uh, about our performance in 2019. Um, you talk about, you know, number one, it's really it's selling tickets. You still have to market and advertise, and, and contrary to people's beliefs, it, this does not sell out everywhere. And we've been fortunate enough to basically be sold out before the public on sale even gets going. So that's a big deal to the NCA. And it's a big deal as well that the fans that buy tickets, they're in the seats. You don't see empty right. seats here in Des Moines. Yeah. And, and I think that happens throughout the Midwest, which is pretty neat. So I think it's with ticket sales starts with that. But then just in terms of the overall operation and coordination of the event itself, I mean, I think we have a great plan as far as parking goes and transportation and shuttles and 
And, you know, the Convention and Visitors Bureau, they're a key component to our team. And I think when the NCA looks at it and they look at Des Moines, it's like we completely roll out the red carpet. We did it in 16. We did it in 19. We'll do it in 23. We'll never stop doing that. And, you know, that's evidenced by the fact that we're one of maybe the only first and second round site that hosts a fan fest. Um, and that's a big deal. The NCA doesn't require us to do that for first and second round matchups, but we do. Um, and we feel like it's important. And, you know, you mentioned food and beverage and concessions and stuff like that. I think until you host it, you don't really, you can't grasp what kind of a beast the NCAA basketball tournament is. And our, our food and beverage director, Derek Kickey, he got very creative uh, in 19 and doing some things we didn't do in 16. You know, some examples are working with Hy-Vee, a good partner of ours, to set up portable grab-and-go stations so people can get in and out of the lines quickly. Working with Atlantic Bottling and Coca-Cola, having vending machines spread out on the concourse, both upper and lower, so if somebody simply wants a, a pop or a water or something, they can get one quickly. And I think it's just those tweaks, uh, being staffed better, knowing what to expect. I think we did a really good job. And Honestly, guys, I think the biggest thing for us is really to replicate what we did in 2019 and, you know, add some new tweaks in, in 23. You guys, uh, when you had it last year, had a lot of local Midwest teams that made their mm-hmm. way here, and that helps out big. Uh, the year before, or the time before that, Indiana, Kentucky playing in that epic round of 32 game. Just incredible that we've had it here. How important mm-hmm. is it, though, for those regional teams to be here? How impactful is that to have a Kansas, to have an Indiana, even Minnesota, as we saw a year ago? How important is that for you, knowing that more than likely the chances of Iowa, Iowa State, or you and I being here, they're not real. The chances are very slim, I should just say. Yeah, you know, Trent, it really adds to it. I mean, obviously it's fantastic, and I think that's the one good point that we put out there, and I think that's why the NCAA really likes Des Moines. I mean, obviously we don't know the matchups until the Sunday before the tournament, right? So we're selling out way, way in advance. I mean, tickets go on sale to the public, you know, the March prior to the year that we host, and we've been sold out. Like I said, we're 90 95% sold in our pre-sale, and then we go to the on-sale, and we're sold out right away. And then, you know, obviously in 16 and 2000, 19 we've had great matchups and great teams come to the midwest i feel like where we're located um we're in a good spot we really are and and who knows what kind of a draw we'll get in 2023 fingers crossed and you know what would top it all off and you just mentioned it yourself is if a local team could actually play here with drake as the host you and i iowa iowa state they'd all have the opportunity to play at wells fargo arena but yeah we look out for that and it's exciting i mean the tournament is so much fun to get a first and second round that's why you know people ask us the question about regionals you know Stature-wise, the regionals are stronger. Economic impact, you know, we don't believe that. Uh, you have eight teams that come into Des Moines for the first and second round, and usually the craziness and the big upsets happen in the first and second round. So, yeah, we feel fortunate. We're just excited to have it coming back. I know if Reggie Miller's team gets assigned Des Moines, they'll be ecstatic because Reggie Miller, man, he was singing Des Moines' praises. You remember that? I'm sure you've got that uh, somewhere. That's part of a marketing pitch using Miller's own words, right? No doubt, Kenny. I mean, he did make the comment that Des Moines should be on the regular stop every year. So it's kind of neat, guys. It really is. And in a year where it's been so challenging and then – you just go into some of those sites last year that, that weren't able to host because the tournament was canceled. For us to get it again in 2023 in that first year of the cycle, 
amazing. And if you guys look at it, it's not that far out. Right. It, believe it or not, in the next couple months, we'll start meeting as a local organizing mm-hmm. committee to get things together. And, man, just, just proud of the team. I mean, you have Drake, you have the Convention and Visitors Bureau, Polk County, who always supports this thing, both financially and just in terms of advocacy. And then, you know, a couple years ago, we got some good advice to bring in an honorary chair. And Dan Houston, who runs Principal Financial, has been our honorary chair. And he's really helped us with the fundraising piece and expenses and all that kind of good stuff. So I can't say enough good things about the whole team, and I think that's what made it happen. Well, your your host, uh, talk a little bit about Drake and how important they are in their role. And, of course, Brian Harden over there, uh, they continue to impress the heck out of me. What they're doing is Des Moines' team trying to make an impact, and I believe they are. Uh, Their role in all of this, Chris? Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, Drake, number one, somebody needs to step up to the plate as a university. And Iowa State did that in the beginning, and they got us through the door in 16. And and then Drake stepped up. And and it's a lot of work. You know, even just getting these bids together, guys, it's not like a one-sheeter that you just sign off. Every bid cycle is different. Um, it ups the ante. Um, we have to be competitive with our bids, and it, it just really requires a lot of work. I mean, I look good, and I'm able to talk about and announce that it's coming, but, man, it's all the guys behind the scenes, and Drake is very heavily involved in that as the host university. Then when it comes to just on-site operations and PR and media, it's their guys that are doing all that. I mean, and they're unbelievable, and we have a great relationship with those guys, and you mentioned Brian Hard. Brian's great to work with. We talked to, talk to him about becoming the host, I mean, that's back then when he was just starting at Drake. He didn't even hesitate. So I can't say enough good things about Drake. I think it's important. I mean, obviously, you guys know what a big deal it is to get Tucker DeVries going to Drake. And Drake has slowly gotten better with Darren as head coach. And it's not inconceivable that they could be in the NCAA tournament, you know, by 23. And hopefully they will be. So I I can't say enough good things about Drake. And they're very, very important to the success of getting this bid. So uh, a new tenant happening over at Wells Fargo Arena. The Buccaneers are going to be making their way in. And as we kind of waited the wild, boy, is it going to be December? Is it going to be June? Maybe February. Yes. You know, it's But it's still not knowing what it's going to be. You guys going to yeah. have some people in there uh, for the Buccaneers. Tell us a little bit about how that came together on your end. Yeah, Trent, great deal for, for everybody involved. You know, obviously, the Bucks, you know, sustained some major damage to the roof and the arena during the derecho storm in August. So, it, you know, the Bucks arena is not playable right now, and they have to get they have to make some repairs to get it up um, to being playable again. So we were able to step in, and with everything going on right now, you know, we're kind of on hold for the Wild and Wolves. We believe their seasons will start sometime in early 2021. Mm-hmm. So the timing actually works out great for us guys. I mean, we're going to host 11 Bucks games um, in November and December, so 11 total games in November and December. We had already scheduled and actually just announced to the public today that we'll have Disney on ice like we do every year over Thanksgiving week. Yep. Since the capacity will be less than it normally is just due to social distancing, Disney on ice will actually stay in town for two weeks in Des Moines. So it'll be in the last week of November, first week of December. So we always had intention of putting the ice back in. We just didn't know when. Bucks came to us. They had some issues, you know, obviously issues with their arena, needed a place to play, and got Todd Fredrickson from the Wild involved in this, the whole hockey community. I mean, right now, guys, just in, just in the metro right now, you only have metro ice, one sheet of ice. Right. 
And, you know, over the years with the Wild um, and the Bucks, I mean, they've really built up the youth hockey around here, and there's just not enough ice to go around. So it put us in a great position where, you know, we actually start to install our ice tomorrow. The Bucks will probably most likely play a preseason game sometime at the end of next week at Wells Fargo Arena, and then we'll be able to do ice rentals for the next couple months for all these different youth groups and teams that need ice. Um, so it's really a good situation for us at Wells Fargo Arena. Obviously, the Bucks needed some help, and it's going to be it's going to be neat that they're playing in Wells Fargo Arena, and we need a buy-in from the Wild, and the Wild have been great about that because now they're going to have opportunities to get their adult hockey leagues and some of the other programs that they normally have running by now on our ice and moving, and then slowly building up to when they start their season in 21. So it is a win for everybody, and we're just glad we are able to help out. Warms my heart as a Canuck to hear that there's not enough ice to go around. That's huge, the way the sport has grown, no doubt. Uh, Chris, I see Elton John is rescheduled. Uh, it's ways away, uh, but are we starting to see some of these acts that uh, normally would have come through here by now uh, starting to reschedule? When is Elton John, and what does that do to ticket avail, if anything? Yeah, it's can it's slow. Um, you know, Elton has rescheduled. Uh, it's March of 22, 2022, so not this coming March, next March. I think in Elton's specific situation, he's got so many dates on his route, and I think he is extra cautious and wanted to be careful and just put it that far out that things obviously will be better by then. You know, as far as other shows go, it's real slow at this point. You know, there's still a lot of unknowns, and, man, it takes so much to put together a tour and a route and there's some one-off things happening, you know, in the next couple months. We really probably look towards the summer, the summer of 2021, and then the fall to kick it back into gear. But, you know, as you guys know, the whole situation's fluid right now. But I, I do think it's going to take some time for the live concerts to come back. Good stuff, Chris Conley. Again, congratulations to you and your team and the folks over at Drake. This is a wonderful event. I uh, can't, can't wait to 2023. Although, you know what, I'm not wishing my life away by any means. But it's going to be a blast. Uh, congratulations. You're doing something right over there, Chris, in the NCAA. And that selection committee is certainly uh, taking notice. Thanks, Chris. Guys, thanks so much. Appreciate the support. Good to talk to you. Chris Connolly from the Iowa Event Center. He's the general manager over there. That's great that the hockey's going to be there. The Bucks will be there for a 12-game slate. The Wild probably 2021. That's surprising yeah. a little bit. NHL's targeting January 1st. Are they? Yes. I uh, heard yesterday, I believe it was, Bill Simmons talking about the NBA. Real possibility March. Yeah, late. Like real. So I'd heard February, but now March. That's a real possibility. What are they waiting for? Fans, fans? in the stands. Yeah. yeah. Fans in the stands. Now, if that happens, whatever it is, it's going to be a compressed schedule. They're not getting 82 weeks. No way. Because they need to be finished before the Olympics. That's when they want to be finished. So, but they don't. They they don't have television conflicts, do they? Oh yeah, they do. TBS. No, 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 because it's an NBC property. It is, yeah, that's universal. So, right. but for the players, the players that are going oh, to play in the Olympics, okay, so gotcha. they want to have that wrapped up before then. As at least the thoughts you're looking at, late July finishing up. Mm. Are we talking about a 50 game regular season, mm. yeah, so, probably at best, and some kind of expanded playoffs. Mm-hmm. We saw this year, maybe a step beyond that. We will see. But what does that mean for the Wolves? Well, I would see those rosters aren't set for the Wolves. The G League is so much different than what we see with the AHL, the way that rosters are constructed. It's a lot of times a week, 10 days before the season, before the Wolves even know know who's who's on the team. Right. That's true. And because of that, you can't be starting a month and a half before 
the NBA gets started. Going to be pushed that back, and that means their season's probably going to start, and it's also going to be abbreviated, though it'll go into the summer. Mm. Not, not a bad thing. See, you know, it's not. Uh, that's why I thought the AHL would start in December, because those guys, they are mm-hmm. AHL guys. Right. Uh, but, but apparently not. Anyways, good stuff. Really good stuff out of Chris Conley, and that is a huge feather in our city's cap. Uh, let's do this. Time to... Give you another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword LOVE to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance to win $1,000. LOVE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. We are Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM, and now 106.3 FM. This Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, about 11.25 on a Thursday morning. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. You uh, go get where I'm going with this song, Dreams. Bone Cam's dreaming about a title for the first time in 32 years. It's been a long time. Boy, it looks as though they were on their way this season, but they find themselves in a 2-1 hole. His Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Of course, John Rice for HawkeyeNation.com covers the Hawks, and he's with us. Hello, John, Trent, and Ken. How are you? Good morning. I heard that. I heard what he said. So, <laughs> uh, Bodie Camp, I, I texted you last night. That, that first inning, as a Dodgers fan, you're down 2-0. I know you don't get overly nervous, but you've seen no. the playoffs that have happened well, over the last 32 years. That 11-run first inning, just how cathartic was that watching that unfold? Well, it was, it, to me, it was, it was cathartic when the first pitch you get on with a single, and he was safe. And then the second pitch, you get a double and you drive him in. And it was like, okay, now you're, you're attacking. Now you're the offense. It felt like, it just felt like, and, and we go back to the last three innings of, of the game Tuesday night. That's a, that's and it finally it felt like, it yeah. finally felt like, okay, this is, this is their offense. This is what they do. And, and I, I, it was so funny because when, when they're up 7 0 and the bases are loaded, I texted a friend of mine who's a Dodger fan, and I said, Muncy's going to hit a grand slam. <laughs> and and, and, then, and then my next thing was, was all caps, I told you so. Yeah, and he didn't um, get cheated yeah. either. No, I mean, that's, you know, and I mean, so like I said, I, I think they woke up Tuesday night, and, and really, I mean, it, it kind of made that game a little bit aggravating because you started thinking, well, what if they'd done this in the fifth inning? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and you know, what if, they, what if they'd have done this sort of pitching move in the fifth inning or whatever? And you think about the run they gave up in the top of the ninth that proved to be what was the game winner, and and so it was. Aggra- I was aggravated Tuesday night. I'll admit it. And, but you also realized, okay, you know, the pitching now kind of shifts in your favor a little bit with with you with Urias last night and, and Kershaw tonight, and 
you know, Dustin May tomorrow night, you're, you're, you're pitching. So, so yeah, I mean, like I said, once they kind of got those, start, started stringing together hits, you started feeling a little bit better. Yeah, and I'm with you. And Trent and I talked about that yesterday. I thought that the, the way the game ended on Tuesday night, that the Dodgers, you know, instead of hanging their heads a little bit as they uh, realized they were down 0-2, they went into the clubhouse and, yeah, they were down 0-2, but it felt a little bit different because they'd, uh, they'd come to life. So what do you expect from Kershaw today, John? I, you know, I mean, it could be anything. I mean, I, I mean, he he said he felt fine. He threw a bullpen yesterday, I believe it was, or Tuesday, I think, just to see how he felt. And they and they said he felt fine yesterday after throwing Tuesday. So, I mean, what you want out of him is is five at least five good innings, I think. And if you can get six, even better. I don't think you push it if it's a close game, and I even if it's not a close game, I don't think you push it. I, I think you look maximum six innings, a hundred pitches. And if and if you can get out of if you can get that out of him and you have the lead, then you have a pretty big advantage, I think. Well, your work is not watching the Dodgers, unfortunately for you. I'm sure uh, you would, <laughs> you would love to have that be part of your beat. But you're on the Iowa beat with HawkeyeNation.com. Before we get into the football, a little basketball practice began yesterday. Iowa Hoops put out a uh, video on Twitter. Good to see the guys out there running, wearing masks with their masks yeah. on. Yeah. You had Freyan with his big shield out there as he was coaching the guys, but they're out there, expectations through the roof. Just an overview as you look at this Iowa basketball team. Are you buying into the hype, This uh, at the very least, a preseason top 10 team nationally? Yeah, but first of all, I want to see face shield Fran all year. <laughs> that's, that's, I, mean, I mean, during games, I want to see yeah, yeah. Um, But But seriously, <laughs> I, I, I think this is, this is a really – Really good basketball team, and I think it's it's a uh, it's a deep team. It's going to have to be deep. It's an experienced team. I think you're going to have to be experienced in this season when you know everything is going to go and you know could go anyway. You know at this point, uh, I've been listening to the uh, Missouri Valley Conference call, and all those coaches are saying the same thing. You have no idea what's going to happen this season. You know, and so and 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 what they've been saying is is kind of like what Fran said last week the experienced teams are going to be the ones that have the advantage because they're going to be the ones that they've seen everything. So they're going to, they're not going to be, you know, it's not going to bother them to play in front of an empty Carver Hawkeye arena, you know, or, or, you know, have to be tested every day or, you know, all the little things that are going to go into this season that, that are going to make it different. And so, yeah, I'm buying into it because I, I think this is, this is a team that, that played pretty well last year, especially, you know, in, in the big 10 play and, You've got everybody back, including the guy who should have been national player of the year by by most everybody instead of just six outlets. You can make that argument. So I I, I buy into it. I think this is a really, really good basketball team. Uh, I saw the uh, preseason poll is out in in the Valley. You and I number one, John, and I think Drake Mm -hmm. was seven? Yes. All right. I was was going to grab it here. You and I, I mean, I I think this is a really good Panther team, and and, and I think that – I, I think that that I mean, with with AJ Green coming back and and the talent he has, and I mean he's got some good incoming players, and um, you know again they're deep, you know. And one of the things he was asked today was, you know, have you thought about redshirting anybody? And he said, you know, usually, you know, Jake's been really good about about redshirting some guys that just aren't ready yet. And he said of his freshmen, they're all ready to play. And of course now with the new rule that everybody's going to get an extra right. anyway, why redshirt? Go ahead and play him you know, see what you can get out of them. So, um, you know, I think, I think that they're very, again, very deep, very talented. One of the things he talked about today is, you know, they're, they're having a hard time finding games right now. 
you know, and, mm-hmm. and again, scheduling's always been difficult in the Valley, and now all of a sudden, you know, you throw all this and, you know, everything else going in, and he said they're having a hard time finding games. They're having a hard time finding home games. So um, that's one of their big challenges. I mean, you think about it, it's October 15th. We should have everybody's schedule mm-hmm. in hand by now. We always did. Now we, we have no idea. We have no idea some of these games, what they're going to look like here, and, and we're, you know, a little bit more in a month away. Now, didn't I see that Drake is going to take on K-State in a multi-team event? They're going down there, They're yeah. going down there. And Where you and I are going to Nebraska, to Lincoln. Oh, yeah. are they? Good. And there's uh, there's six other teams there. So they'll get a bunch of games in, but still want to have a few home, home games. games. for sure. Yeah, and that's... yeah, he said, one of the things he said, the, the, the Nebraska thing will probably be finalized here in the next couple of days, they expect. So uh, we'll have an idea on who they're playing in that. But again, that was that's a good opportunity for them. And um, I think you're seeing a lot of schools doing. I mean, I'll be curious to see who Iowa gets for their MT. I mean, I think it'll just be three other teams, but I'll be curious to see who they get and 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 how they handle that. So again, so many questions. I you know, it's like I get excited. I always get excited in October when you start seeing practice video, but you see it last night and you realize you still don't have a schedule yet. You still don't know what the Big Dens get. So when will Iowa know who they're going to have or are going to host? Do you know? I, I would hope soon, yeah. and I mean, it's probably finding, you know, I mean, I think they're going to find teams who have the same sort of testing protocols and the same sort of things like that. Um, yeah, one of the things I saw online just a little while ago, the Summit League, which Western Illinois yeah. plays in, um, they're playing, the way they're doing their conference schedule is you play two games against an opponent in a weekend at the same site. Hmm. So instead of home and home, you're playing like two games at North Dakota and two games at North Dakota State. And then, then some other team comes to your place and plays two games. So uh, you're seeing a lot of creative yeah. things right now. So uh, over to some football. And sure. had a really boy-year-old moment today. Uh, Ken, I, I know you've had a few of those. You mentioned that. John, I'm sure you've had a couple. Kevin Casper's son just yes, picked up an Iowa from that. Iowa State yesterday and Iowa today. I, w- I was in college at the same time as Kevin Casper. I have friends that have When he graduated, 99? Yeah, I think. Kevin Casper was right there. He was right in front of me. He was. I saw him walking on campus. Boy, I felt old there. But more importantly, boy, the young man does look like he's a little bit different built than than Dad was. Kevin was, you know, kind of that inside slot guy, six foot five, young man there. Oh boy, mm-hmm. getting old kind of sucks. But here we are, right? <laughs> oh, I get that all the time. I mean, I, I get that all the time when you start seeing players and and you realize you covered their dad. You know, and think think about the Murray twins. You know, with wow. Iowa's basketball team, and you know, one of my first years in the beat was covering Kenyon Murray. You know, so um, yeah, it makes you realize you've been around for a while when you start seeing the the sons and daughters of, of players you've covered playing, and yeah, it makes you feel old. But you know, I mean, I find I find Iowa's football recruiting really interesting right now, is because I mean, they still got some spots to fill, and you know, you think back to last year, they had that they had this class all done by now. You know, they had, they had that class all done by last year, and there's still some spots that I think they need to find some people. And, again, that's just part of the pandemic, part of the, the world we live in right now when it comes to sports. They just had a hard time, you know, getting people to commit because they haven't been able to go out and see anybody. Uh, have you gone on record? I know a lot of the media is at that point now where we're forecasting what the season is going to be, the eight-game slate that they're going to play uh, starting next Saturday. They'll travel to West Lafayette to take on the Boilers. Uh, have you gone on record yet, John Bonecamp? I'm going to say 6-2. and two. Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm just going to – because I think Spencer Peters is going to be I – think, I think he's going to really fit into that job well. And I, I, I think, I mean, there's going to be some growing pains. I mean, there were growing pains when Nate Stanley started, 
but I think he's going to grow into that job pretty well. And I, I mean, I, I think, I mean, obviously there are some, there are some weak spots, but I think the way their defense is set up and the way that, that, that they, that they've got some of the, you know, the way they're going to do the four, two, five, a little bit more things like that. I, I, I think this is, this is a pretty good football team that I think is going to get better as the year goes on. I think there's good chemistry there. I think it's, I think it's just going to be a good team. I'm going to say six and two. Six and two. So, yeah. question for you. Nick Saban uh-huh. out this week in the matchup for Alabama against Georgia, and Sark takes over as the interim head coach. Mm-hmm. Kirk has something happen, or even just has to quarantine because of close contact, whatever it is. Out of the staff, who takes over in the role as head coach? There isn't a ton mm-hmm. of head coaching experience on this squad. Who do you think it would be? Man, that's that, you know that I was thinking about question. that yesterday, and, and I and I noticed I was seeing how some of these other coaches around the nation are answering it. I want to say Phil Parker. Okay, I, mean, I, I just I, I mean I'm I'm just thinking that. I mean I, I think everybody thinks the odd obvious choice would be Brian, but I think I think maybe I think Phil so. Parker yep. probably would be the better choice. I mean I don't say the better choice, but probably would be the the choice you'd take just because of his coaching experience and what he's done in his career. So I think that's probably how they go. But oh, Keith? He was Maybe. a head he was, what, Amherst? He I was think a head it's coach Parker. there. I think John's right. I yeah. think it's a reward because this will be mm-hmm. the only head coaching, yep. you know. Good point, yeah. I, I could see I, that. I mean, I, I think they go to Phil first, and if he says, you know, look, I, it, it's going to make me make it hard for me to do, then maybe they do go to a Ken O'Keefe because, I mean, of, of his, again, long-term experience mm-hmm. and, and, and knowing that thing. And, and, and so that's, I mean, I think it's one of those two, I, I think. Um, has it, have you seen anything? We asked Sipple this. We had him this week, and I know Nebraska's pushing hard. Teams, uh, conferences are at, at least willing to revisit. I just, I just can't see the Big Ten going through the eight, uh, eight week slate without any fans at all. I know that's the, that's their stance at this point, John. Um, when do you think that this will come up again? When is, when's it going to be revisited or is it at all? I think it does get revisited, and I, and I. But I think that the way that the the COVID numbers are going around the Midwest, yeah, around true, the country, good. I think that that kind of will will limit the talk. But I mean, because if you look at Iowa's numbers, Iowa's numbers are on the rise. But then again, you're talking about could you put ten thousand people in Kinnick Stadium and socially distance them and make them wear masks? Yeah, I think you could. Mm-hmm. And, and and especially in the winter time and or you know in the, you know in the fall and whatever, I I, I don't think it's I mean you, if you you can spread them out over a sixty six thousand seat stadium very easily and you're seeing this in the playoffs right. you're seeing this you know Dallas. down in Texas yeah. and the and the way they've spread it out um, I I think you can do it um, it's going to be a question of whether they want to do it whether they like the optics of it or whatever you know I mean that's that to me is the biggest thing I mean go back to when Iowa State originally said they were going to have fans there, and then you looked at the uproar that happened after that. And I think maybe they just might want to say, you know what, we're not going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know? And and so, I mean, that, that that's very probable the way they're going. But again, I, you know, I don't see why not. You know, I don't know why you couldn't have 10,000 people and spread them out if they're all wearing masks and make them wear masks. So Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff, John. We appreciate it. We'll uh, talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you, John Bowenkamp. Good luck to your Dodgers. Yeah, thanks. All right, buddy. Yeah. Good to talk to you. John Bowenkamp. Uh, HawkeyeNation.com. All right. I had just had a buddy uh, text this at me. I'm not sure where it came from, but somewhere, week one Big Ten football lines have been released. We've talked about yep. all the Iowa games over at Elite Sportsbook. They have been released. Mm-hmm. It was 9.5 for game one against Purdue. Mm-hmm. 
I jumped on that right away with the Boilermakers. Nine and a half, yep. Nine and a half. It's down to eight and a half over at Elite right now. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't know where these numbers are coming from, but game one, Illinois at Wisconsin. Badgers by 23 and a half. Big number, yep. Ohio State, they were by 21 and a half against Nebraska. Okay. Penn State laying seven at Indiana. I thought it would be a little higher. Gophers laying two and a half at home for the Wolverines. That's going to be a great game. That is going to be a, that might be the game of the week in the yeah. Big Ten week one. I think. And this, wherever this is coming from, uh-huh. Iowa Purdue game, Iowa by two and a half. That's where we fought. It thought was the number touchdown. Sh- that's a difference of a touchdown. We thought that's about what that number should be. That that's where I was certainly under a field around a field goal, two and a half. If it comes to fruition, do I try to middle this? Yes, I'm already very heavily involved for me. All right, I'll, I'll be honest here. I normally play about 10... I, I found it, Trent. BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, okay. Yeah. So I normally play about 10, maybe 20 bucks a game. I got 100, 110 actually on Purdue right now at 9.5. <laughs> so I come back the other way and do the 2.5. So if Iowa wins 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, or 8, Jeez. I win both sides of that. Well, the opportunity's there. That's a, I mean, the touchdown, that's yeah. a seven-point Look, I'm not going to pay my mortgage off with this or anything like no, that. That's not, not the way that I play. Right. And that's also the way that I play. But still, at that opportunity, well, if that, two and again, a half is the number a, that, that comes out. Are you a customer of Bet Online? I, uh, it sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> you sign up for so many and take advantage of the first-time promo uh-huh. offers. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know I me got well. more horse racing accounts that oh, way, Oh, yeah. And so does my wife. <laughs> Cindy, a big oh, horse player. Oh, loves huh? the horses. Can't get enough playing the horses. Yeah, bet 100, get 100 back. Yes, She's into yeah. that big time. Uh, anyways, uh, but that's funny. Interesting numbers, though. It is a huge difference. Fun to see those week one numbers for the Big Ten. Uh, Minnesota, Michigan. Uh, game. It's, it's a be... week from this. I mean, a week from tomorrow night. The Big Ten is back. Speaking of this and the back and forth we have, Big Ten, Big 12, the importance of the Big Ten to college football as a whole. There has only been one game, television-wise, that has gone over three, a three share in five million viewers. Because yeah, the, the numbers across the board are down. Way down. Yes. And you look at those numbers last year, I think it was 12 of the 15 games involved Big Ten schools at the top. Yes, the SEC is still great, but the Big Ten, it drives huge, huge numbers, mm-hmm. and that's the reason. Ohio State, yes, is a big part of that. But as a whole, this conference, it's a lot of people. And it's big universities with big alumni bases. Getting them back is going to help college football, Trent, at least TV-wise, in a big way. We both felt that when the SEC returned to play, the college football, it felt like college football season again. Mm-hmm. It's going to take it to the final level, for me anyways, when the Big Ten is back. I just, it felt like Big Ten football weather today, too, waking yes. up. Yes. Can you imagine if they would have stuck to their original stance? Ugh. I mean, I know they're having postponements, and, and, and clearly this is not something that's going away. It's not easy. It isn't. Uh, Jamie Pollard tweeted out this morning, again, no positives in Ames. Which is incredible. Which is incredible. Was it earlier this week I brought that up? There is a book to be written about what they're doing, or uh-huh. at least a story after this season. Mark Coberly. What did they do different? What What is Iowa State? Baylor? They haven't been able to do it. I heard an interview with Holgo at Houston. They've had five games already taken off their it's, schedule it's ridiculous. as they get ready for tomorrow night in BYU. Mm-hmm. BYU's played four games. They played one. They finally got to play against Tulane last week. On Thursday night. We yeah. can go tonight. It's, it's different for everybody. This is not going to be easy. And the problem, the Big Ten, their original idea 
I think was the right one. All those bye weeks that were built in there so you can get your full complement of games mm-hmm. in. Now playing There's eight no consecutive weeks. Room, Trent. No. And, and what that's going to do. All right, well, we got three teams. One's five and one. Mm-hmm. The other's seven and one. This Percentage one's six and wise, one. Percentage-wise, I don't know. Well, they got the head-to-head, but then these teams didn't get to play. It's going to be a mess. It's going to come into play, too. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced yeah. it's going to come into play. I hope I'm wrong. All right, it's quarter before uh, noon. We'll take a timeout, 1145 on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Your side. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Final few minutes here. Of a Thursday program, Murph and Andy at 2, the Fanatics at 4, then Cyclone Fanatic Radio tonight at 6 o'clock. You know what else is on tonight that I'm going to dip into a little bit? Thursday night. Seinfeld? No. Friends? No. I'm off a couple of decades. A couple, just a tad. Uh, Peyton Manning's nephew's playing tonight. Arch Manning, Cooper's kid. Cooper's kid. He is... Trent, ripping up high school football in Louisiana... Breaking Uncle Peyton's records. Did you see what Lane Kiffin did Saturday night? No. He had the Manning name on his face mask. Did he? Really? Already recruiting. Well, Lane knows what's up. There was an uncle that went there after Uh all, and his picture's on the stadium. Yep. Eli, there's a huge mural of Eli Manning on the stadium. Once you get through the uh, the Grove, uh, walk. Oh, I'm so glad I went to Oxford just to check it out. But yeah, so Arch Manning is on tonight on okay. on ESPN two maybe high school football game. I'll so watch it all seven o'clock something like that. Yeah, yeah. probably somewhere around. There. I mean, I'm not going to watch the whole game, right? But watch him um, a little bit. Yeah, take his team down the field a time or two. He's got a big arm. Baseball night, L afternoon four o'clock. Yeah, four and seven. Got a feel. Um, I think the Dodgers. I had a good day yesterday, and I do not have a good feel of either of these games tonight. I think the Dodgers tied the series at two. I think we're headed for a long series. In this that's one. where I would be leaning. Mm-hmm. It'll be Bryce Wilson who will uh, who will go here for the Braves against Kershaw. What what's the American League matchup? It is. Let's see here. John Curtis is the announced starter. Okay, Hasn't thrown in the postseason. Yeah, I don't know much about him. Uh, he throws 94 okay. with the slider. Two-pitch guy, so it must be an opener in a bullpen game for the Rays and hasn't been announced I think yet it's a bullpen Astros. game for the Astros, too. I would guess probably that's the direction they're heading, too. What does that lead to? Uh, Unders? Oh, no, I don't know. I think you're, I think you're reaching for a bet for something <laughs> to play. You know me well. Um, I, I, just, I, think, I think Tampa can end it today. I think the Dodgers even the series today if I had to pick. If I had to, if I had to, mm-hmm. I don't have a good feel on it. By the way, in advance of doing our picks for tomorrow, yeah, the college slate, mm-hmm. it's not the shiniest. There's a couple of plays in the NFL that I think just stand out like a sore thumb. Almost too easy. It's yes, kind of like Tuesday. Kind of like Tuesday. That's why I'm hesitant. Mm-hmm. Kind of like last Thursday, you Buccaneers know, Bears. Well, that what too. are we missing? Well, I mean, how are the how are the Rams only a three and a half point favorite that, that over I, the Niners? What I went through right away, that was the one. I tell you the exercise I do. I make my point spread and then see how far I'm yeah. off. And then if it's more than a point and a half, I'm usually all right. I need to investigate more. I had that thing at six and a half. I was at three. Well, and I'm the same. And then Monday night, I, mean, I think Kansas City is absolutely going to destroy Buffalo. Short week for Buffalo. They couldn't stop. And no, Derrick Henry's now a player. Yeah, yeah. And Ratton Tannehill's having a really nice year. Mm-hmm. But so is Patrick Mahomes. How are they going to shut down the Chiefs? 
And it's three I, and a half. What am I missing? Is there weather? Well, it's Buffalo. It is Buffalo. So there's liable to be, but still. Buffalo in the middle of October, not exactly eh, a paradise. No, but December, I'd, I'd, I'd actually <laughs> go out of my way to look. We're still October. I mean, those are two games that just... Feels too easy. It does feel too easy. Now, conversely, in college, it's like I was pulling teeth to find a game to play over at our Mediacom show. See, I love now with the point spread drop. That happened yesterday when it went down to four. At least DraftKings had it down to four. I Take think Alabama? I jumped on that right away. Mm-hmm. I get it's Nick Saban, but come on. Yeah, two points for coaches. Look, Saban's going to have a say in this thing. <laughs> right. He's just not going to be yelling at his players when they come off the field. Right, yeah. it just That thing was some, seemed like such an uh-huh. overreaction that that was one that jumped off there. But you're right, going through, I like that Tulsa-Cincinnati game. I actually like Cincinnati. Well, that one's off the board. Tonight, Arkansas State-Georgia State. It's a field goal. Boy, I kind of like the Red Wolves. You're on your own. <laughs> More Sunbelt, though, a yeah. possibility. Well, and it's a tight point spread, so maybe mm-hmm. we'll get a good football game. Right. We had a least. really good one last night. I watched more football than I watched baseball. Well, it was hard to stick with that National League game right. early. It was awful. Kentucky, Tennessee, all right early. I just love the uniforms, the orange versus the blue, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I've said I'm a closet Kentucky fan. I'm not yeah. sure why. It's because of your stoops, love. Well, I, I like them beforehand, though. I think, just think it's the uniforms. Yeah. And I love the do you like when Kentucky. they go with the checkerboard? Yeah. On, on the I shoulders? Do. Yeah. Absolutely. I do. I think that's going to be a fun game tomorrow on Saturday. Look, we're losing games. You know who doesn't have a game this week? Fowler and Herb Street are off. Yeah, I just Everything. saw that. I had that in my notes today, and thanks for bringing that up, because I found that really interesting. They're doing the Monday game, right? No. They're not. No, it's a Fox game. Oh, that's right. That 4 o'clock game. Yeah, that's Aikman and whoever Aikman's working with now. Oh, so just... Weekend off. Weekend off. Middle of the Herbie, season, you go take do, the weekend off. You go do game day. Well, he'll do game day, true, but Fowler? And then go home and hang out with the family. Yes. Not bad. No, 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 no game for them this week. Well, um, hmm. it's it's one of those weeks. It's one of those times, right? All right, speaking of times, uh, 2 o'clock is the next time you'll be able to hear local programming on these airwaves. Murph and Andy will be in at 2, and then Ross and Chris from 4 until 6, the uh, sports fanatics, Cyclone Fanatic Radio. Now, I'm sh- I assume they still do a Thursday show, even though there's a bye week, right? I believe so, yeah. I believe they do, so they'll have that at uh, 6 o'clock. And, of course, Morning Rush uh, tomorrow at 6 a.m. No sound-offs this weekend as the Clones and the Hawks both off for the last time this year. Hopefully. Yeah, good point. Never thought of that. All right, we're out of here. Thanks for spending some time with us today. We're Miller and Condon. We're here Monday through Friday from 10 until noon talking local sports on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.